great, great morning, everybody. Great, great morning. This is episode 113. Uh, Caleb, how you doing? 113 in the hizzy. Hey, so I saw that Kentucky Derby yesterday. I didn't. What happened? Or when this comes out, it'll be the date, like, or two days before. Anyways, this horse came, like, shocked the world. Gave, gave me gave me goosebumps. Yeah, I didn't see it. Yeah, so I just saw the highlights. But it was, like, all over the place. Like, yeah. It was, like, I didn't, eight, I, think, the, I didn't even see the highlights. It was, like, 80 to 1. They were, like, 80 to 1 odds. It was, it was good, though. It was good. It sounds like any given Sunday to me. I mean, any given Sunday, you're never 80 to 1, you know? I mean, I feel like you're at least 50, 50 to 1, you know? True. I'm just saying. Anyways, that was, that was, that was my weekend. Um, family's doing good. Um, I had a pub crawl this weekend. I had to work, but that was great. Um... Yeah, man, can't complain. Everything is going good. Can't can't complain too much. Other thing going your neck of the woods. Uh, no major issues. You know, interest rates on the climb, causing people to get a little shaky, but life's good. I don't know why people are tripping on interest rates. I mean, like, I always feel like this is <clears throat> this is why you got to get educated, right? Like, because the world will tell you you need a trip and. You need a panic, but if you study and you're doing, you know, you're studying where your money's going and, and you're studying like the trend of things, you know, it's just, just another Sunday, right? No, if you're buying a house, you're really sad right now. Well, I mean, I suppose. Are you sad? I mean, if you're speaking from a point of like, you're already in your spot, but if you need to buy right now, it's a big bummer. Well, it is, but it's probably most likely the same people that were, were saying they were going to wait, wait, wait. Yes like and no. Two, two yes and no. Ago. You got some people saying they're going to wait. You also got some people that just can't get an offer accepted because yeah. the market's so crazy. Well, yes, I I get that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if I got 50 clients, I got 15 of them that would have bought six months ago if they could, but they couldn't. If they could, yeah. Bro, what are you doing over there? I'm chilling. What you doing? What uh, you, you like? You got that computer going off? Whatever you got set up over yeah, there. Yeah, um, dude, it's like a, it's like an ATM. You know, it, it counts a thousand bills, then it dings, and then it keeps going. You know, like counting, just keep rocking. How's the family? Uh, I think everyone's good. Okay. Right. It's, you tell me. I'm not. I think you're right. I don't know. Right? <laughs> Should we just jump into this episode, bro? Let's do it. All right. Episode 113. Go ahead and bring us in, Coop. Great morning, everybody. On today's episode of Ship Building with Cooper and Caleb. What'd you just say? Ship Building with a P. All right, cool, cool. Don't don't interrupt me, okay? All right, all right, bet. All right. Currently, um, works as as an operations manager for Paul Davis Restoration of the Greater Minneapolis St. Paul area. Grew up in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, 
and spent five years in Colorado before eventually moving back to Minnesota. Attended two years of college in Duluth before meeting his now fiance and soon to be wife, moving back to the Twin Cities, took a role with Paul Davis with the intentions of returning to college later on. Now five job titles titles later, leading operations inside of a growing business. He bought his first home in Centerville, Minnesota in 2020, has a black lab named Spruce, and the oldest of six kids and enjoys spending time on the boat and traveling. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Peel. Awesome. 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 Josh, thanks for uh, uh, giving us some time tonight, man. Yeah, I appreciate you guys uh, for having me. I'm excited to get to do this. Awesome. Appreciate you giving us time this morning, Josh. Really appreciate that. Um, The first question we always ask everyone, Hoop, is tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and why you do it. Yeah, so uh, a little bit more about me outside of that fantastic podcast. bio that cooper you know he did so much research about me prior to this i i can't believe that uh, I, did. I didn't think you could get that much info off my facebook page but <laughs> look at that awesome. awesome you know uh i always knew you were a well-prepped guy but uh i i gotta give it to you that was fantastic wow well, so know. uh yeah a little <laughs> bit more about me <laughs> um i am uh a young guy in my t- uh, late 20s now kind of weird just turned 26 a few weeks ago uh, I'm a month out from my wedding, so that's exciting. And uh, just a guy who who loves life and uh, really loves um, opportunity to to lead human beings and uh, helping people reach their potential. So that's uh, that's that's a little bit about me. Um, my role as as operations manager is really just uh, you know an opportunity for me to say, hey, how can I facilitate career paths for for everyone? Um, spent time as a technician in the field kind of know what that feels like to feel stuck and so when i had the opportunity to take on this role it was really about how do i facilitate uh, opportunities for people to understand that they can have a no ceilings mindset you know that opportunity to say um, i can achieve anything it doesn't matter where i've started uh it's, it's about where i'm going so just helping support people along the way and uh i do what i do purely from the fact that i get a lot of satisfaction in seeing people achieve that they did not think were possible for themselves uh, and also just saying hey how can I uh, pour into people through different approaches and think outside the box for uh, for folks that maybe just don't obtain the skill set to do that for themselves so that's why I love what I do um, we're, we're a restoration contractor so it, it kind of tugged on my heartstrings when I had the opportunity to jump into an industry I'd never heard of uh, because we really get the opportunity to serve people in the time of need so ultimately uh if anything happens to your property that requires an insurance claim, such as fire damage or water damage, uh, you have a broken sprinkler, or something uh, small happens in your house or something as dramatic as your house burns down, we're, we're the folks who uh, come out and clean all your stuff. We put your house back together and, and then uh, get you back in your home. So we have a unique opportunity to kind of live in this service industry of, uh, you know, ultimately helping people. In a, in a time where they never thought they'd ever have to use our services, but uh, they're pretty devastated. So getting to see people 
with the with the big smile on their face when we give the keys back to their home after a long project is is really rewarding. And so we've got a lot of awesome people on our team that that do that work, and and uh, I definitely fall in love with kind of what feels like a a nonprofit for profit type business because it's it's a lot of community service. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's my answers to those three fantastic questions. All right, cool. No, that's that's awesome, Josh. That's awesome. Thanks for that. Uh, you know, telling us a little bit more about the, about you and just what you like to do. I, I I guess my first question is so like, how did Paul Davis restaurant like how did that all come about? Like in your you know when you were growing up, going to college, how did that come about? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, so. As you stated in the bio, um, that you so fantastically researched, I uh, I moved to the Twin Cities and I was actually studying uh, entrepreneurship and innovation. And uh, what I quickly learned in the entrepreneurship program was that uh, entrepreneurs are out there doing stuff, man. They're making it happen. Um, and so I decided that I was going to start to do that as much as I as I could. And so I tapped into you know some friends and family network. And, started taking coffees and business meetings and breakfasts and anything I could do to get in front of CEOs, entrepreneurs, business owners. Um, and I stumbled into a breakfast with, uh, now with my now boss, the owner of Paul Davis. And, uh, he invited me to his home, hosted me for breakfast. He was, uh, you know, just one of the guys on the list that I met with, um, about a month and a half later, he had his uh, talent acquisition specialist reach out to me. You know, you leave those meetings and you're like, you have no idea what's going to come of it, right? That was not the first one or the last coffee or breakfast that I had had. Uh, but a month month and a half later, I, they reach out to me and, and want to sit down and talk about some uh, potential part-time opportunities. So I was in school, I was bartending my way through, paying for paying cash for the whole, whole deal and, and just saying, hey, what can I do here? Um, and they sat me down and were like, hey, we might have some part-time opportunities for you. We need some help uh, around the office. Sounds like you're looking for kind of an internship type deal or, you know, an opportunity to really express the desire to be, to rub shoulders with with uh, entrepreneurs. And, and Caleb, uh, the owner, he, he happened to, to strike me as, as someone that could potentially teach me something. So um, about halfway through that interview, he kind of stopped us and, uh, and he printed out a job description. And uh, he's like, hey, this is a new role. We have no idea what it looks like. Uh, it's kind of an entrepreneurial venture inside of itself because it's never existed inside of our organization. Uh, we're looking for someone with a uh, similar skill set to yourself. How do you feel about uh, you know, potentially interviewing for a full-time role and taking a step back from school? And uh, potentially, you know, we could talk about what you work in the bar on the weekends, but you know, we'd really want you focused on this full-time. So went through the rest of that interview, um, had an opportunity to uh, spend some time with Brianna and, and discuss it further and continued on with the, the multi-stepped interview process. And by the end of it, I uh, ended up saying yes. So dropped out of college, um, served and in, in bartended for a couple more months, but ended up stopping that. And, and uh, yeah, it's been quite the roller coaster ride ever since then. You said you had a list. And you were talking to people, and first of all, Caleb, very strong name. <laughs> you, met, you met with Caleb, owner of your current uh, your current company, your current position. But where'd this uh, initial list come from? Where'd this initial plan come from? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, so, I you know the plan came from school, right? Uh, 
you quickly learn, right, it, it, using case studies and things like that. Um, you know, you think about Bill Gates and some of these other big entrepreneurs, Steve Jobs and people that have just made, you know, they're movers and shakers, right? They they had a hard time being contained to a classroom. And I, I started to get uh, uneasy. So that's really where I was like, well, what do I do? Um, confided in my dad, confided in some uh, some other folks that, um, you know, were, you know, an uncle of mine, um, you know, one of my dad's buddies who was heavily ingrained in, into into the tech industry. And so just asked them, I said, what would you do? How would you go about this? Is there anyone you know? Uh, and that's kind of where the list was born. That's awesome. That's, that's awesome. So like, you know, just, you know, from the bio, um, you know, it sounds like you've, you know, you've moved from job title to job title, which I assume has all been with the same company. Mm -hmm. Um, so like what keeps you, moving like what keeps you like what what kept you like going through this you know like you drop out of college don't know what's going on but it seems like you've just gotten better at doing what it is you do like what keeps you going uh well you know there's a phrase that it's probably more recent uh as far as application in my life uh, for the last year but really for the last year it's been about besting my own best um, but previously to that, it was it was truly just this pursuit of of uh, seeing what I was fully capable of. Um, you know, I kind of have a reverse chip on my shoulder. I've always been told that I have the skill set and the abilities to be successful. And uh, when I when that stuff wasn't happening for me, when I feel like I wasn't achieving success, I realized that maybe I was you know underestimating myself, and I would never truly know my own potential. And so. Um, you know, one of my biggest driving forces, I think, was just being the young guy, um, you know, always the youngest guy in the room, youngest person ever in company history on the leadership team, youngest person um, to sit in the seat that I'm in now. And I, I've always just wanted to say, hey, uh, you know, and to, to be a bit of a trailblazer in the fact that age is age is super relevant. It's all about skill set and ability. And if you're willing to put the time into anything, you, you can uh, you can make a positive impact. And so I think I've just been kind of chasing my own idea of what my potential is in my mind and uh just really realize that no one's going to help me to make this happen um you know Caleb will say himself he's just given me you know the playing field to go play on he hasn't done anything to make me the player I am today and so that's really what been my focus is to say hey how do I become the best version of myself um and then just sit you know kind of defy the odds and, and I love the look on people's faces when I tell them what I do and uh, I look 12, so that helps to get the reaction. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's let's talk about this role, right? So op- operations manager. Um, like, I'm sure you're dealing with with people. You know, you're you're most likely leading teams and and things like that. So, like, how you know how how are you able to to do that? You know, like let, like just you know maybe just walk us through like what your your day looks like. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, honestly, my my approach to to everything that I do as far as leading teams, and so um, I, I I'm leading five of our six operational business units right now. I'm going through a bit of transition where I'm I'm backfilling myself. I currently have 43 direct reports, so it's a lot. Uh, it's it's too much for me to to carry and be able to maintain. You know the the level of leadership that people require for them to you know fully feel supported, uh, not only emotionally but 
you know, technically um, and, and gaining skills. So looking, looking for some support actually just made a big hire um, end of this last week. So that was huge. But uh, yeah, I, you know, my approach in everything that I do uh, is that, I, you know, I've, I've found that the best way to make an impact as a leader is through the, is through the supportive mindset of I'm here to serve you as your leader. You're not here to serve me. Um, I'm not, I'm not a boss. I'm a leader. And, 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 you know, the difference between being a boss and a leader is truly the, the way that you approach people and with, you know, with respect and, and saying, Hey, I'm just here to serve you and help you achieve what you want to achieve. And, and uh, I'm going to push on you and nudge you and, and I'm going to be your coach. And, you know, sometimes you don't always like your coach, but you're going to learn to love your coach over time because they're going to get the most out of you. And so that's, that's really my approach in, in everything. Uh, when I take on a new team or I take on a new direct report, I, that's really the same conversation I have every time. Uh, but, you know, just a day in, in my life would be anything from morning meetings where I'm leading an all-team meeting, uh, you know, early morning in the shop with our technicians, uh, jumping into smaller group meetings with some of the different business units that we have. Um, or else, you know, one-to-ones, uh, we do a lot of goal setting and review meetings where we're sitting down talking through key performance indicators, uh, understanding the metrics, understanding, you know, where their individual performance is at. And, and it really varies depending on the role. So you know, beginning of the year was a heavy blitz on, we do career compensation and performance meetings where they have an opportunity to go through a formal audit peer to peer. And then also from myself as their supervisor and, and they get a formalized write-up, um, just as far as how their last year went. And really the goal, the outcome of that is always to come away with two things to continue and two things that they can work on into the future. So it's, it's anything from, you know, facilitating large group trainings to um, one-to-ones and, and everything that falls in between there. So lots of sit downs, um, lots of opportunities for in-flight coaching. And then uh, we we're producing a lot of work. So, you know, anything that goes on with, uh, with problem solving on a daily basis, you know, this last week, a lot of, a lot of scheduling conflicts just with, us having so many projects in, in production so just figuring out labor resources figuring out who can go where getting creative with different approaches to different uh, challenges uh, it's it's a lot of variety for sure can we just you know touch on a little bit um just going back a little bit in your bio so you spent uh five years in denver colorado yeah. um can i ask what like why the move to denver um, you know, just like what, what did you learn, you know, during that time and then why you moved back? Uh, moved to Denver was family. So I was a freshman going into my freshman year of high school. Um, uh, so my, my dad moved to South there as a family, uh, spent five years there. So graduated high school and, uh, you know, just, just a lot of different unique challenges through, through the personal life that, uh, led to me not going to, to school right away. Uh, out of college, I was, I was working three different jobs and supporting the family financially. My mom just fell upon some, some bad health. And, and so just found a way to support, uh, however I could. Um, I think my biggest learning opportunity outside of had the, the blessing of, uh, adopting my three sisters out there. And that was a really cool story. Um, but the biggest lesson from, from Colorado was that, uh, I, I can, I can work my tail off and I can get myself out of any situation. And, and, uh, that I, I was able to find my true passion, um, which was coaching. So I, my, my first, I had three jobs when I graduated high school, I was working full-time as a landscaper. Uh, that was my seven to five. And then I'd get off at five, I'd coach a soccer practice at six. And then I'd coach another one at six or seven thirty. So I was coaching two practices a night, 
um, and then coaching games on Saturdays. And then on Sundays, I was a handyman for hire on Craigslist. So <laughs> uh, just stayed super busy and, and realized that I could grind. But ultimately, I, I fell in love with coaching coaching soccer and um, had boys and girls traveling teams and also was involved with my high school I graduated from. from. And I think that you know the realization was that uh, I like being in front of people. I, I, I'm not intimidated by adults and I was you know I was 19 coaching 16 year old girls and I wasn't intimidated to stand in front of the parents and and have parents meetings and manage a season and manage practice plans and um, you know coached them to uh, to second place finish in my first season went through the league so you know just the competitive aspect of coaching and helping people achieve things and and, uh, the impact that I was able to have on those those kids really opened my eyes to the fact that like okay this leadership thing is something that's exciting um so I think that was biggest lesson, just falling in love with coaching for sure. Awesome. Awesome. And then what, what, uh, what made you, what made you move back? Yeah. Moving back was, uh, you know, my, my family was coming back here. Uh, I solidified a life obviously with those jobs and everything. And, and I really was, it was a tough decision actually. I almost stayed. Uh, but you know, meeting, my sisters and being a part of their lives, they're younger. And I, I wanted to watch them grow up really bad. Uh, and I still had a really strong ties and, and good friendships with, with people back in Minnesota. And so made that decision, uh, and, and didn't spend much time at home. I was home for two weeks and then, and then made the decision to go move up to Duluth with some buddies and, and, uh, go to college up there. So, you know, just being close enough to where I could see my sisters grow up was, was a huge part of that decision. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Let's um, let's take take a left. Tur- let's take a left turn here. Um, you and I were both, you know, we both got the opportunity to do some personal development. Um, almost close to a year a year ago now. I know it's coming um, fast. Yeah, I know. Yep. Um, can you just talk a little bit about, you know, why it's important to do personal development? I love this. Uh, this is one of my favorite favorite things to share, and I nudge a lot of people in, on my team to 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 do this for themselves. Um, you know, I think I think actually how they quantify it um, at Discover is is really powerful. You know, people are going to spend more in their lifetime um, on a on a vacation than they will on personal development. They're going to spend more time planning that vacation than they will on personal development. Yet, the most valuable asset in your life is you and no one's going to do that for you. Right. And so for me, I've just found the value in, uh, if you want to achieve something, <laughs> nobody's going to do it for you. And so personal development is, is the most important thing that you can do if you truly have something that you want to accomplish. And, uh, I just have found that you know, for myself, if I ever want to even come close to the things that I dream of, that I've written down on paper, the things that are on the dream board, um, I, I have to do it. And so personal development is the only path to that for me. Awesome. Awesome. Now you said some key, some key things there, um, goals, dream board. Um, like, I guess like, you know, on this personal development, like why is it important to have those things like goals and, and a dream board? Uh, the, the challenge I would add too is like, there's a lot of, and and I and I know you're not fake, Josh, but there's a lot of like 
give me give me the actual meat and not the surface level yeah uh as far as like what what my what what my dreams are and things like that what i'm looking to achieve oh yeah, yeah. Or, or what's next right like uh you know you're 26 you're killing it what's next how are you going to get there self development like there's just so many like phrases nowadays right but yeah buzzwords and things right yeah exactly right like give us give us the nitty-gritty yeah no doubt the nitty-gritty for me has been all about i have to uh get really real with myself as to how quickly i can start to achieve these things and so some current things that i'm problem solving and just working through is uh one full aspiration still in my own business um you know working through that challenge and, and just speaking with caleb our owner is just say hey this is what i want um you know i got really real with him so just to, to quantify this a little bit um i i built a five-year plan uh two years ago i was a year into paul davis and i built a five-year plan and i set it on his desk and i said here's my five-year plan i want to be a business owner before i'm 30 and and uh if, if you can't help me achieve that i won't be here long so I backwards scheduled the entire thing and just said, "Hey, here's here are the steps that I want to take. Here's the roles that I want to uh, that I want to have." And the, you know, the meat and potatoes of it is you can't achieve anything that you don't truly write down and commit to. Shit gets real when you put it on paper, right? And uh, and so for me, that's what I've been focused on is to say, "Hey, here's the next steps." And so for me, this the the biggest piece of uh, you know what's next for me. Uh, just recently took this operations manager role on in last July. So I'm coming up on a year of leading this team. And now I'm, I've, at that point, I was only leading two of the six business units. I'm on to five of the six now, handing off one of the key ones uh, next Monday to a key hire we just made. And so for me, it's really taking over uh, on the track to being the vice president of operations for this business and then saying, okay, what does either ownership here look like? Or, um, you know, I had some tangible conversations with our franchisor spent some time at conference with the chief operating officer, Paul Davis, you know, just looking at what are the options for me? What's the markets that I can, that I can dive into and building that plan out. So getting tangible for me, challenges to overcome is capital. Um, just understanding how I can, how I can fund it and making sure that, you know, there's a lot of different uh, avenues, right? Been, I'm connected right now with the private equity firm connected with obviously Caleb as a potential investor. Um, and then some other folks that are you know, a little bit more privatized, uh, things like that. So that's kind of my next step is, is overcoming the capital challenge um, while basically getting a free education on how to run a business. Uh, watch, watch this place, you know, over a hundred percent growth since I've been in the business and uh, no signs of slowing down yet. And at this point, so I don't know if that's me potatoes you're looking for, but um, the, the, the tangible goals are, it's, it's all about putting the plan into place. And then if, you know, it can bounce around in your head, but if you don't write that stuff down, man, it's not real. Who taught you to write stuff down? It's a great question. Uh, I could not answer that specifically. I think I found the power in it. Um, probably, you know, discover really actually brought a lot of that out in me, uh, because I was, I was a big dreamer, but you know, I mean, through Paul Davis, we do critical pass. We backwards schedule everything. We say, you know, before I even learned about what's the outcome, uh, it was always the, what's the end, keep the end in mind. Right. And, and go and then reverse scheduling everything. So I learned the skill of planning and scheduling through our leadership development program at Paul Davis. And that forced me to, to learn how to backwards schedule. And since then I've just kind of backwards scheduled my life, everything from backwards scheduled my wedding and wrote down the outcome. Um, Brianna and I, we do, uh, we do an exercise where 
whenever we're in a place uh, like this last year, we wrote down our goals and dreams and we basically said, hey, today's uh, November 21st, 2021. And it was that was the day. And so we said it's November 21st, 2022. And we wrote down exactly what was going on in our world um, you know, and, and got our goals on, on paper and just have watched a lot of those things come to fruition. So can't say who exactly taught me it. I think it's probably from multiple places and books and different things like that, but uh, it's been a powerful exercise that's been implemented in my life. Totally. Totally. What do you, how do you, outside of, uh, you know, staying on track with your fiance, what do you think are the KPIs where you've continued to stay on your, you know, reverse engineered plans? You know, because there's always things that pull you to the side. Right. But how have you been able to keep it tight? It's a great question because I don't know if I have been able to keep it tight. Honestly, I think that uh, I've learned that the success comes in the failures. So for me, one thing that I've truly implemented as a, as a solid morning routine, um, you know, this last year has been the most consistent I've been in the gym in my entire life. And so I think the key performance indicators for me is is to how much energy do I have around the goal? And uh, how quickly am I achieving it? So it's probably an area where I could I could get tighter and actually have more accountability to myself. But also, that's where accountability partners come in. So for me, it's uh, it's been milestones. Um, you know, it's been job titles into the wedding, into you know the house purchase, those types of things where those were big goals and uh, celebrating those, but not allowing my my foot to come off the gas. And so right now, I'm in a phase where the wedding is in a month, uh, and, and I'm thinking about what's the next move. I have to be a step ahead, otherwise I'm going to be a step behind. And so, be be great if you had some advice for me around how to keep things tight because I'm still a work in progress around that stuff. Coop's got all the advice you could ever need. No, bro, you 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 start off, bro. I get my advice from you. No, no that is <laughs> Coop. You just lied. No, I no, I didn't. Josh, who do you want to answer the question? I think we should start with Caleb. I think I think Caleb he asked he asked the question, so exactly. he's got that's an I, idea, right? That's what I think. You guys really played me right there, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it a feather out of Josh's hat in that if you're consistently writing down your goals and reviewing them, they're gonna be top of mind, and then uh, and everyone's got. Everyone's heard this if they're ever, you know, if you're trying to be a damn, right? It's, you know, you're the sum of the five people you hang out with, talk with, interact with. Um, and so if you're consistently telling yourself what your goals are and then telling those five people what your goals are and then consistently reviewing them in your private time, I mean, that's how you stay tight. And, it, and it's, I don't know, it's really easy to stay on paper. Right. It's really easy to, you know, to to act and say you're going to do something. Then life happens and you got this and you got a wedding in a month and you got whatever. Right. So it's just the, the more that you're consistently reviewing things, uh, the better. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what you would add, Coop. Um, not that I'm trying to get on my soapbox, but. No, it's all good. I'm used to the soapbox, Caleb. It's all good. No, um, to be honest, we're used to soapbox, Coop. um no i mean everything caleb said you know i would add um 
you know, with writing your goals down and and telling those five those five people and having the accountability partners is is just being disciplined enough to take that action as well with it. You know, um, I heard I heard something the other day on my other podcast and um, Josh and I, I guess I heard your question a little bit different. I I was from Caleb asking about how are you keeping it tight? I just assume how are you keeping it like those goals? Um, how are you, you're staying focused on your goals when it comes with your, your wife or your fiance? Um, I think it's all, all in the same, but um, just being in the example, you know, and the example I'm talking about specifically is, you know, I heard this, this guy that I listened to on a podcast talking about, you know, he's got a really tight workout routine. And he works out like twice a day, um, but he's never one time ever told his wife she needs to work out or tell his kids that they need to work out. Um, and, and I preface this that he has his own home gym, um, but he's he works out twice a day. So, again, his family is seeing him doing that, getting up in the morning and then after he comes home from from um, out doing work, um, they see him working out. So now the wife is at least like, oh, I can at least work out at least once a day or whatever the frequency is because I see my husband working out twice a day. The kids, same thing, like, oh, daddy's going to go work out. We want to go be with daddy. Like, let's go do a couple sit-ups or, or whatever. Um, so, like, I, I feel like, too, take, you know, just being disciplined on taking action, like consistent action, you know, those people that you want to influence, which it sounds like, you know, in, in your – you know, your job, like you sound like you're that guy, um, just being disciplined enough to take consistent action. People around you will see that and gravitate towards that. Um, and not, and not it, and most likely it won't be the way you want it, but if it's progress is progress and, and, um, rewarding that, that progress. I don't know. That's, that's what's worked for me. Um, but yeah, so hopefully we answered your question. Job. Yeah, celebrating in the victories. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I it, just to add on that, some things that thinking about as you say that, you know, one piece of one piece of uh, culture that kind of came to fruition for me this last week, which was really cool. Uh, you know, I, we we've we've got quite a few people who had the opportunity to go through Discover on our team. Uh, I, I like to pride myself in thinking I came back the most on fire, and, and then brought a lot more tangible things to the business, and than, than some maybe have. Uh, and so I, I've implemented on, and, and every one of my meetings, uh, is to, you know, we start things out with shout outs because it's for me, the, the quote that I always share is that I'm, I'm in the business of finding people doing things right and focusing on the positive because genuinely what you focus on in your life expands. And so I give people the opportunity to give peer to peer shout outs. Uh, and so, so much. So I've been doing this for about nine months uh within our teams within the teams that i lead that last week on our all team huddle caleb had the transfer in and he gave a little plug to the to the team that i lead and said you know our emergency response team's really been leading this charge but uh, we're going to give everyone the opportunity to uh to find people doing things right we're, so we're going to do some shout outs so for the entire organization he, he stole my transfer in and so that was kind of the validation of you know you never know how it's going to come right the, the things that you're the discipline and the areas where people are going to gravitate to the positive things that you're doing. But that was kind of cool. Um, a little bit of fruition. I, I, I do want to ask um, Josh. So after, 
you you came back from um from Paul Davis or not Paul excuse me from Discovery how so how, your significant other right like how did you I guess not overwhelm her I'm just I'm I'm curious because you know you know you hear about that so I'm I'm just curious how how that was for you. I probably failed, man. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll live in the failure, right? Um, yeah. I, I think I think I probably came back too much. I I got some feedback actually from multiple people in my life that you know people kept asking me what I was on, and I said purpose, and then they they looked at me even funnier. Um, no, <laughs> you know that I was I came back and I literally had someone come up to me and say, "You're just too positive, man. You need to stop smiling." It is six in the morning. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's what it's about. Uh, but for Brianna, she was just, she was curious, right? She, yeah. she's been on a personal development track of her own. Uh, and so she was curious as to what it was that, that I was up to and why I was on fire like that. You know, I, I, I did the best that I could to not share. I actually, um, she's going in October, by the way, I, I paid for her to go. Um, I used, uh, my bonus money from this last year to, to fund her trip. So she's going to be going in October to discover. So she gets to experience that herself, but, uh, you know, I, I Truly, I wish I could. I could actually answer that. I, I don't know. I, I probably failed. <laughs> I mean, it's not to, like that's that's awesome, dude. I mean, I, it's, it must have not been too crazy if she's willing willing to go. You know. Yeah. Um, the conversation was really good. I got I got some coaching from from Mike Jones on this. Uh, I said, "How do you go about the conversation?" He said, "You ask uh, just a couple of quick questions. You know, say, hey, do you trust me?'" And then. The Obviously, she said yes because we're getting married. Thank God. Um, and then I, I said, "Well, how come?" And, and she answered. And then I said, "Okay, well, you're ready to go to Discover because you know that I would never lead you astray, right?" And she said, "No." And I said, "Okay. Then if you truly trust me, then you'll say yes to this experience. And if you truly want to find a better version of yourself, and I asked her the question, I said, "Do you want to find a better version of yourself?" And she's like, "Yeah, of course. I always want to get better. Then this is the perfect opportunity for you." Awesome, awesome. And I assume. I assume you had that conversation with Mike Jones on your, I think I saw you did a, uh, you're actually like one of the teachers or instructors. Yes. Uh, okay. had the opportunity to go back on team. Yeah. I will tell you this. Uh, if you ever get the chance, the first time when you were in the class, you were living the experience. The second time when you were in, when you were on team, you are a student of the experience. I brought way more tangible action items back to my team from being on team because I was able to remove myself from being in the moment of what I was experiencing and rather watching the experience of others and facilitating that for them, uh, brought back a lot more tangible action items. Interesting. So highly encourage it. Interesting. That's awesome. That's awesome. Can you, can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, just hearing your story and, um, I assume you've had fear or some fear pop up um can you talk about how you've dealt with that uh i think you know fear less not as fear definitely but i would say imposter syndrome for sure um and I, you know those are one and the same right but i think that just kind of sums it up a little bit more accurately for what i felt the most and and for me uh i allow myself to live there for a little bit but i also understand that you know, I'm a religious guy and, and God's placed me in the position that I need to be. But also, uh, if I am in the wrong spot, 
course, I am doing something wrong, then I will find out about it. And I have to trust the process of my personal development. And then I think really I just I have a, an ability to, to be introspective enough to know that I'm not perfect and that I'm a work in progress. And uh, it's that, you know, you're, you're a football guy. You know, I feel like I, I go to work and I leave it on the, everything I got on the field every day. And so no matter if I feel like I'm failing or if I feel like I'm crushing it, um, I know that I left it all on the field and I've given everything that I had that day. And as long as I can go home and feel that way, then, then the uh, the fear, the imposter syndrome comes and goes pretty easily. Awesome. What is some advice that you would give your 18-year-old self? Um, whew, take a breath. It's all going to work out. You know, just be be more in the moment. Be more present with uh, with family, and know that you know. <laughs> as much as it feels like you are being held back, you're actually being built for your next moment. Um, and everything truly happens for a reason. I I felt like at 18, I was very lost in the fact of I felt like everything was happening to me, not for me, and um, and I didn't realize that I was being prepared for the moments that I've had over the past few years and that I'm continuing to have. And I didn't realize the fortitude that I was, that was growing inside of me. And so just kind of trust the process. And it's okay to just, uh, to be in the moment and be there and, and to love on the people around you as, as frustrated as you may be with them. Awesome. 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 Well, Josh, that's all we got for tonight, man. This was great. Um, Really appreciate you coming on tonight and just telling us a little, telling us a little bit more about you know who you are, what you do, and and why you do what you do is um is pretty awesome. Um, is the, is there a place people can go and like see what you're doing or or just see a little bit more about you know Paul Davis or things like that? Yeah, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Uh, if anybody wants to go on there and and uh, connect with me there, that's really where. I- spend most of my time as far as social media having been pretty anonymous on the rest of uh social media platforms probably something that i should work on as as things continue to evolve especially in this world but yeah josh peel on linkedin that's about it awesome 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 all right josh well thanks man really appreciate it yeah thank you guys for uh for having me and uh appreciate the conversation and hopefully uh provided some value for some folks that are you know in different uh seasons of of their lives. Awesome. I got some value. Appreciate it, man. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Caleb. Uh, Nice to chat with you. Another great episode. Episode one, one, three, one, 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 three, three, three. Unbelievable. Um, thoughts, takeaways, write your goals down. I mean, yeah, that's like been one of our main, I feel like since we started this podcast, it's been one of our main things, right? Like writing, writing your goals down, having a vision, like at least like writing your goals down and then having something where you can visualize what it is that you want. I just don't know what else you, you know, I don't know how else you can make it more practical. Um, to me, I mean, that's, that's just my thoughts. Um, I love the, how did he say it? The reverse engineering or reverse, um, 
I forget, I forget how he worded it, but but anyways, knowing what it is you want and then breaking it down backwards to like the steps you need to take. Yeah, the reverse engineering. Yeah, I mean that's uh, like you know, I mean the fact that he put that five year plan in front of his boss like that. I mean that's bit that's that's a big that's a big move. Like, hey, this is where I want to be in five years. Um, either you're in, you're out. <laughs> hmm. uh, but, I mean, anyways, I mean, this was a good episode, guys. I mean, obviously, we talked a lot about personal development. Um, you know, um, we talked about, you know, the, the trip that he took down in Texas, the same thing I did last June. Um, you know, and it doesn't even need to be, like, any – I don't know. I don't want to say, like – anything too crazy but like you know he even said it like more people spend time on spend time and money on their vacation than bettering themselves right or like the weekend or you know whatever than bettering themselves right so just even changing that to being equal or the same amount of time on bettering yourselves i mean that that would that would go a long way but I don't know, like the whole development thing, you know, like personal development is, is powerful. I mean, you learn so much, through, you know, during those conferences or whatever the conference is, like you learn so much, you can meet with people and pick their brains. And um, so, yeah, man. Yeah, it seems like it's consistently on his, you know, top three things is continuing to better himself. Yeah. And like we said in the podcast, you know, your, your five people you're associating with, like those are the people you need to associate with if you want to make changes in your life. For sure. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, episode 113 in the books. Um, please rate, subscribe, leave a review. Make sure to try Mahana Fresh if you haven't yet. Um, yeah, that's all I got. So I got Coop. See you next week, everybody.